0: Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Gemma Louise, thank you for talking to me on Human Stories.
1: You're more than welcome, and thank you for having me on board.
0: No problem. Now, you've got um, quite a traumatic story to tell us, Um, quite an emotional one, I should imagine. Are you okay with that?
1: Of course I am. Not a problem.
0: Okay. Um, And it's all about uh, domestic abuse.
1: It is indeed, my darling, yes.
0: Which uh, is, with the lockdown situation at the moment, is uh, on the increase, so we're told. Is that right?
1: That's correct. At the moment, it's at, unfortunately, two deaths per week due to domestic abuse.
0: Really, that's just in the UK, mm-hmm. I presume. And that, yeah. Wow, that's that's awful, isn't it? Um, it really- so, so tell me uh, a bit about your story, if you don't mind. Um yep. what, what happened to you?
1: Right. Um, back in 2017, I'd left a prolonged abusive relationship. It was sexual, physical. Mental, emotional and financial. Um, For three years, I was subjected to, uh, well, I've been shot through glass doors. Uh, I've had my head nearly took off with a trowel. He tried decapitating me. Um, I've been booted up and down the stairs. He's tried drowning me in the bath. When I have managed to run out the house, he's pinned me in the bushes with cars. Um, He attacked my dog. Refusely with hammers and shovels, and I had to go through all of that. Uh, he wouldn't let me, for the last year of us being together, I literally lived on two hours sleep per night. I had no bed. He'd stabbed the bed up and threw it out the window in belief I had some man hidden the mattress, playing about with me when I laid on the bed, which then led to him believing I had somebody laid on the floorboards, and I ended up with no rest after that. That was just ridiculous um i've been punched up and down in the road uh i've been hit with hammers Mm. Um, Uh, everything you possibly think
0: of by the sound of it it's awful i've
1: been i've been to a hell of a lot a Mm. hell of a lot
0: and how Um, long how long did this go on for
1: three years it went on for
0: um everybody's going to be thinking why did you let it go on for so long uh
1: unfortunately well i wasn't i know people are Victims, survivors in this criteria, um, normally keep things quiet. I didn't actually. I went to people for help. I went to my family, who just didn't want to know. I went to his mum. I begged his mum to help me. The day he tried take, well, the night he tried taking my head off with the trowel was December the thirty first, two thousand and sixteen, um, and I actually rung his mum the day of the 1st of January 2017 in tears and I begged I said he's gonna kill me I said you need to come round and help me she did come round but she sat on the sofa told him he was going to lose me if he didn't behave and went home my neighbors knew what was going on um the school that my son was in at the time were kind of aware because I wasn't taking him to school to hide bruises etc um why, do you, why do you, did uh, you sorry. sorry.
0: No, you carry on.
1: If I did go, when I would go, I'd like not tell my mum why I was there. I'd just go sit round there, making out I'd come to visit with my son. And he used to threaten to be on his way to burn the house down, um, to burn my sis- my younger sister's house down with her and the two babies in. One which had just come out of um, intensive care, he'd been put in a coma because he couldn't breathe um, when he was born. And it was like a six-week process of going through all of that. Obviously, my fear is he's doing everything he's threatened to me. I'm immediately going to get my son and go home for the fear he's going to take it to my mum and dad's or to my sisters um it wasn't that I was silent because I wasn't I did reach out for help no one had helped me and me and my son were left to go through all of this
0: why do you You think uh, that people uh, don't want to get involved don't want to help why do you think that is
1: well, I know why the street wouldn't get involved, my neighbours and stuff, because they used to, obviously, they were fully aware, they'd be watching me out the window getting punched up and down the road. They never ever used to shout my son in or, you know, scream out his name, can you, like, pack it in type of thing. Mm. There were the, Even his sister lived in the house next door to us. it was adjoined, and she moved her youngest son out the bedroom that was attached to my house because it was distracting him what was going on in my house. She oh, could really? he, he could hear everything. Um, they were frightened of him. That was their that was their reasons. My family weren't. They didn't know what was going on. Mm. They just knew something was up, but not what. Um, but the neighbours wouldn't help me. I, I even reached out to friends, um, and their response was, "This is out of our league," mm. and I was left in it. Nobody would help me, and the last thing I was going to do was go to the police because uh, people might not un- or might understand this, but. With what I went through being as severe as it was, if I have gone to the police, my instant reaction and instant thought was, if he gets let out on release, if they take him, arrest him, question him, and then they let him out, I'm in big, 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 big trouble. So I didn't want to do that route. Fortunately enough for me, it was that severe when I did leave that the remanded Richard straight away. But at the time, I didn't know that was going to happen. Um I obviously you have your own anxieties in them situations and mm. you know you don't you're not thinking outside the box. I just thought if I go to other places gonna come out, come straight home and that's it, I'm I'm done for. Um but so. it was I, I did end up seeking help through another friend who convinced me after two weeks to leave in January 2017, mm. at which she met me round the corner from where I lived. I took my dogs with me because he, he was horrendous to my dog. I think it was a way of him sort of hurting me when I wasn't reacting anymore to the things he was doing. Mm. Um, and he took it out on the dog. So there was no way I was leaving that house without the dog. So one morning I sent my son off to school and told him I was going to walk the dogs with a friend that I'd been speaking to um, because I was... my my reason for it was i turned around and said look you are putting me through that much i've had to speak to somebody they're concerned about my well-being so i've arranged to go on a walk with the dog so that she can see i'm all right i won't be long and i did lie to him i said i won't be long make sure we're dressed when i get back because she's coming back for a coffee but obviously i had no intention of going back that was it i was gone and done and then immediately the ball rolled with the police and everything from there
0: mm. So, uh, trying to understand uh, the situation, obviously a dreadful situation f- for you, but nobody wants to help it, it would seem, because, out of fear. Mm-hmm. And you were also frightened to go to the police because of what he might do after that as well. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you um, go to the doctor or the hospital or anything with your injuries and were any questions asked there?
1: I went once to the hospital. He wouldn't let me go. I mean, when he... You should see my, like some of my like my little fingers and stuff. There you can. I didn't go at the hospital. I wasn't took once I did because the doctor sent me in. He'd he'd done something to my rear end, <clears throat> and it was really painful.
0: Good grief! Okay, so um, you're better now.
1: Oh yes. In yourself,
0: oh, yeah. and you're you're happier now
1: a lot happier <laughs> okay and what's <laughs> ha- what's
0: happened to the nasty piece of work who was your partner
1: yeah he made a plea of guilty in may 2017 he was arrested i left january 17th i think he was arrested january 19th because he went on the run um then he made a plea because two weeks after he was arrested there was a vid there was i got a phone call from the officer in charge of my case and he said gemma are you aware of any videos on richard's phone and i said no i went why and he went do you remember new year's eve and at that point i couldn't i did, that much had gone on and obviously when you leave there's a whole process you have to deal mm-hmm. with so all that was going on as well and i was like i can't remember I, and i went will you tell me and he went no i'll just leave it there for now um, anyway these videos had come about there was five of them each an hour and a half long of attacks that Richard had filmed himself, I don't know why I didn't know he had them but they were on his phone um, so come May he made a plea of guilty to I think it was 11 charges out of 26, two including sexual assault um, because he obviously couldn't get out of them with the video evidence he'd done himself mm. Um and he was sentenced in June to 13 and a half years in prison by Middlesbrough Crown Court.
0: Excellent. Some people would say not not enough.
1: Yeah, I get that a lot of people, thought <laughs> he should have got longer. I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: And um, are you worried about when he gets out?
1: I'm really worried about when he gets out, unfortunately. I've just found out myself that he's going up for early parole next year. So I'm gonna I wasn't gonna contest it in the hope that I'd get left alone. But I've had as a as a victim, I don't like calling myself that, but as a victim, you know, when you leave something like that, you don't you've already dealing with the trauma of what went on and then mm. you've sort of gotta learn how to live again because you don't know how everything was took from me. I didn't even know how to pay my bills. It was just absolute madness and chaos with it. Mm. But I, can't where I was going now. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just <laughs> asking you, you what,
0: if you're worried about uh, when he gets out. Well, oh, yeah, right, qu- it's a silly question, really, because of course you would be. Yeah. Um, so, what, what are you going to? Can you uh, disappear somewhere or change your identity, or what? What can you do to help that situation further down?
1: I mean, they've put me in an area um, that's not too far from where I'm from. But mm. everywhere's local, wherever we are, everybody knows everybody. Mm. Um, and I don't want to change my identity. No. you know, it's took us a lot from from when we left. We've moved quite a lot because we had to go to refuge and supported housing, and then finally we're, we got given August the first, two thousand and seventeen, this home now that we live in, um and we've made it home. My son's settled, he's got his friends, yeah. he's the local school, everything's easy. And you why know? should
0: you? Why should you? It's yeah. you know, it's not your fault. So why should it. you have to
1: exactly yeah. and I lost everything because I mean just mm. it's, I'm gonna sound strange, I know, but My sofa, for example, sexual assaults took place on the sofa and he stabbed underneath the bottom of my sofa, so I couldn't even, even if I just wanted to take it and recover it to get rid of looking at it with a memory, I couldn't because he destroyed the bottom of it in belief that I had a man hid in my sofa, messing about with me when I was sat on it or or laid on the sofa. I couldn't take anything with me. He'd destroyed everything. I didn't have a bed. He'd stabbed my son's mattress up. I didn't know that until the police had actually arrested him and, went round the house looking to see obviously if like right, what I'd said mm. as to the condition of the property. He'd stabbed my son's bed up and he'd been going in on the night when I was getting the two hours sleep he'd let me have with a sharpened crossbow that he'd done stabbing my son's mattress saying it's okay, son, Dad'll get him. He believed I'd somebody hidden my my son's mattress in his bedroom waiting for him mm. to go. Mm. There's things I didn't know going on that went on.
0: Yeah. So um Sorry to bring up again, but when he gets out, um, if he comes near you, what are you going to do? Because I know what you need to do.
1: (laughs) I I know what I need to do. You need
0: to dial nine nine nine.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that that never happens anyway. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Well,
0: hopefully it won't.
1: But I'm frightened of freeze. That's my fear Hmm. because he always threatened me if I ever told. I know it sounds silly the way it's said, but if I ever told on what was going on. Hmm. He'd, he'd go down, he'd work out in the gym, his words, I'll go in, I'll work out in the gym, get me head down. When I come out, you're the next Roamart victim, uh-huh. he said, and then I'll spend the rest of my life in prison. Okay. He said, because if I can't have you no one else's. They're his words. They're, hmm. That's his threat. And that still frightens me, and I don't think anybody will make me feel any less afraid of him for that because the threats have still continued. That's where I was going with that. I've had nothing but harassments and threats, I mean, he was in prison with somebody from the area that I live in when the, when he was at home house. Now, this individual come out of prison for whatever reason, I don't know, found me on Facebook, inboxed me and asked me if I'd like him to run me a bath. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, OK. Hmm.
0: OK, I know that um, the police will be able to help you as well. Yeah um they have a they have a really good victim support uh, system uh, so you could go there and uh and seek their advice as well um if you feel you need to
1: oh yeah i mean i know that there's going to be um alarms on the windows um reinforced door the bedroom—they're on about turning into a safe room, putting cameras around the property. There is a lot in place for if he comes out or when he comes out. So they've—they've alre- uh,
0: they've already advised you on that, have they? The police. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I got advised.
1: I got advised as soon as that because I immediately went into overdrive in case he didn't even get a sentence. I know he would mm-hmm. pled guilty, but I was just expecting a year or two. I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. the sentence he got, no. and at, my anxiety was through the roof. And I was quite a pain in the bum to the officer in charge of the case. Oh, what am I? I don't know how he put up with me, but um, I was like, what about? And he was like, Gemma, there's a process that we can do. This is what we'll do for you hmm. either now or when it gets close to him. You're going to be protected. You're going to be fine.
0: That's really good. That's good. Yeah. Um, so um, that's your story. Um, and now you're put, you've put yourself, you've opened yourself up unbelievably <laughs> to, to help <laughs> well, other people.
1: What had happened was um, when I'd left Richard and I had to go into refuge, um, but refuges don't allow pets. Obviously, I didn't want to get rid of my Dusty. I'd had him since he was six weeks old and he was four at the time, Rottweiler German Shepherd Cross. Um, and I was given a number for a service to give, like to ring, to see if they could help me. And it was called the Dogs Trust Freedom Project. At the time, they were only just launching up north. Now. My story hit the media nation, national, uh, national, and nationwide, mm-hmm. um, which got a lot of media attention. So the Dogs Trust Freedom Project, as I used their service for seven months, and I was I met all the criteria, domestic abuse victim, etc. They asked me if I would help promote that service, which obviously in turn led me to becoming the ambassador for the Dogs Trust Freedom Project. So I promote this service alone to domestic abuse victims to make them aware that, you know, Dusty was one of my reasons that I, I didn't want to leave. I, I wasn't leaving him, so I can relate to anybody in that situation with animals. Mm. Then, obviously, there's Claire's Law, another service um, that I now represent and speak out about to make people aware of Claire's Law. And there's also restorative justice as well. By telling my story, I've managed to help so many people. It makes me proud. I know... It's bad what I went through, but I'm proud where I've come with it all now Mm. and how I'm managing to reach everybody up and down the country. I mean, I've even got support abroad as well, which uh, I absolutely love. And I love all the compliments and, you know, the support that everybody gives me with what I do and how proud they are of me to have been able to come from that to do what I do now.
0: Mm. Because you could have let it destroy you totally.
1: Oh, there was, Yeah. I, yeah, big style, and, and I can see why people tend to lose, victims tend to lose a lot. In, you can let your head take over, and if you do, there's, hmm. oh, it's just it's like a black hole. You just can't.
0: What would you say to people listening to this uh, who are in a similar situation, hopefully not as bad as your situation was, Um, but in a similar situation, what advice would you give
1: them? I'd probably like to say to them that, you know, life isn't, life's hard enough as it is, you know, paying bills, housework, jobs, maybe children, we all have responsibility and we don't, we're all worth our weight in gold. We all deserve to smile. Nobody has the right to make anybody feel any less than their own worth. Um, there is help out there. There's the Freedom Project, anyone that's worried about partners, you know, the canqui via Claire's Law. The, there is lots of support out there, and the government have finally acknowledged the severity of domestic abuse, and that they're promoting it themselves now, as Boris Johnson said last week on his speech when I burst into tears. He, he said, you know, you can if you're fleeing domestic abuse, despite the current situation with lockdown, you can still flee. And Mm. that I did sit and cry because I thought three years, I've gone on and on and on Mm. about domestic abuse. And, you know, finally the government are listening. So it it was a big achievement. So people, I just want them aware that, you know, it isn't normal, it isn't right. And you don't have to suffer, nor should you deserve to suffer, you know. Hmm. In children's futures, they've got to carry these memories with them.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, They can be victims as well, obviously. Um, Did you you love your partner and because of that, did you put up with it for longer than you should?
1: um, Well, I'll be honest, I I did love him until the last year I've been with him and I was point blank honest, I don't love you and I don't want to be with you no more. Hmm. Uh, that did not go down well, that just made it, I think that's why it ended up getting up as bad as it did, because I just didn't want him there, I didn't want to, I just stayed out the way of him, I just didn't want to be there. Mm. Um, But, I don't, I, I tried to leave, you know, so, it wasn't like I stayed and I went back because he was threatening. It,
0: it must be very difficult for people in that situation to leave. I mean, where do you go? Uh, how do you pay for it? It's going to cost money. Um, how do you restart your life again and so on? It's a horrendous step to take. And do you think that big step to take is forcing victims to stay there and, take, and carry on taking it?
1: Oh, of course. It's a. I mean, it's a daunting position to be in. You don't know what to expect. Um it can be one of the deciding factors, but the biggest, the the biggest clause of it all is with any victim, it's that initial fear of when I leave, mm. am I going to be able to, or am I going to have to come back to this? Yeah, you know, it, it's that initial fear, and then you don't know where to go, you don't know who's going to be involved, who to turn to. It's it's a nasty circle. That's why I think it's important now that everybody's made aware of all the services available, you know. And I know I do get a lot of, well, my situation isn't as bad as yours. It doesn't matter. Domestic abuse is domestic abuse, whether it be little or to the severity man mine, mm-hmm. it's still domestic abuse and it's not acceptable. No, of you know, course. And, yeah, people just, you know, need to be aware that it's out there now and there is that help there.
0: How do people uh, get hold of you to ask your advice or to talk to you?
1: Yeah, um, well, there's obviously there's Facebook and it's Gemma Louise Willis on there. Hmm. Um, There's also. Can I just stop you? Are you are
0: you happy for that to be made public? Obviously. Oh
1: yeah, that's fine. I've got quite. That's where most of my supporters are on my Facebook. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Just had to check. Yeah, there's the Facebook, then obviously there's the Dogs Trust, which is um you can just Google Dogs Trust, um, and it'll take you straight to the site, or more to Dogs Trust, and that'll take you straight to the site. Um Yeah, I mean they're the, the ways of being able to get hold of me anyway. Have
0: mm. you got an ice cream van? Just got I past.
1: have, it's just gone the Do route.
0: do you need to pop out and get a cornetto?
1: Oh I'm all right, honest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, trust that. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: fine. Don't worry. Things happen. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> that's <was> good. Jeremy, <laughs> um, you've been um, amazing to talk to me. Very brave. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, anything you'd finally like to say to Pete to women or, or men, because men can get abused as well, but it's mostly women. And finally, you'd like to say to to those those uh, those people. There will
1: be a point where you'll individually feel like enough's enough. And it's when you get to that point, like I did, that you will leave. It won't last, the situation won't last forever. You do get drained and to a point where you're gonna you are gonna walk. Until you get to that point, you're not gonna leave. I know that myself. You 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 don't know what to do, but you do get to the point where enough's enough and you can't take it and you just wanna take that leap. Mm. Keep your heads high. Don't think any less of yourselves. Don't pull yourselves down. Keep moving forward and just please be vigilant of what's going on around your children as well because the aftermath, I never ever thought about my son with mm. that situation and what he may remember. Yeah. Um, but it is, a you know, further down the line, it, it can become an issue. Mm. Just enjoy each other, love each other, cuddle each other, hug each other, smile and laugh don't focus on the bad regardless of what goes on and keep your strength up you will get there
0: Gemma thank you very much
1: you're more than welcome
0: honey human stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll somehow inspire and help other people get in touch if you've got a story to tell If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to get your message across, contact me to chat about the very reasonable costs involved.
1: Human Stories with Tony Lloyd